Hi, hello, bonjour, welcome to the Backhanders. Here we bring you all the ins and the outs from the great game of tennis. We cover each tennis slam and are unafraid to slam tennis. And my name is Lightning. And with me, a man, and a man who I'd love you to to just spare a thought for. A man who has once again come runner-up for the best Backhanders podcaster, Catters. Catters, how are you travelling? Oh, Lightning, I'm, I'm struggling. I staked my reputation on a Rafa win. I thought this was a sure bet. As I mentioned to you, yeah. I had dusted off the DeLorean and I was pretty damn confident that he was going to bank title number 14. However, yeah, I had really convinced myself that there were three certain things in life of lightning and as a result, I will not be paying my Danish taxes for the next couple of years. And... Um, I do believe that I am invincible. Death cannot take me. So all bets are off lightning. It's going to be one hell of a post-pandemic foray back into society. I'll put it that way. Uh, And an immortal cash-loaded-up catters is a dangerous one for, for Copenhagen. So stay clear, friends. But Cutters, it's Nadal losing was just not something we pictured. And of course, Roland Garros in an incredible statement have removed the statue mm. from out the front. So I thought that's, I mean, that's just how it has to be, really. If you can't pull off number 14, you're really in the statue kind of territory. It's pretty embarrassing, isn't it? I thought the rather public statement to have everyone bring their flaming arrows and shoot them into the statue and melt it down to create... <laughs> many, many mini statues that commemorate the one-off winners on the women's side that we've seen over the last decade and are sure to see over the next half century was a nice touch. It's a parade of miniature semi-champions, which as long as you don't tread on them, is just a very nice touch around the garden. Oh, well, Kat, is speaking of new winners, we have a new winner on the women's side here at the French Open in 2021. Babora Krachikova Katters has won her first Grand Slam nine months ago outside the top 100. And this year, the Czech woman has taken home the Czech, the $1.7 million Czech for winning the French Open. So she has never qualified for Wimbledon or the US Opens, so only her fifth entry into the main draw. Having said that, Katis, she's been a doubles specialist. She's also won the mixed doubles. She's now become the fourth active women's player to achieve the triple of the singles draw, the doubles draw, the mixed draw. Of course, Katis, you'll know the players that she now joins, Serena Williams, Venus Williams, and of course, Sam Stozer, who is just stoked to be still classified as active. So (laughs) that's great news for our Sam, who I believe is now old enough to potentially try and add a fourth category and try and jump in and win the wheelchair category. So she'll be trying to do it over the next few years. But I digress. Katas, Brabora, Krachikova, what do you make of our new Grand Slam champion? It's quite incredible, Lightning. Coming from absolutely nowhere, doubles pedigree, the cheek of her to just come through and snatch a maiden title. It's truly astounding. And up until this point, she'd really only shown up on my radar as a great Scrabble score along with her opponent in the final, Pavlova. So it's just a great win. You know, if you had have told me before the start of this tournament, Lightning, that the final would be played between cryptocurrency and Pavlova, I would have said 
check those mushrooms that you have been infusing in your gourmet pasta. But it's just brilliant. And again, two absolute no-names bob up. Enjoy a moment of fame and thanks for coming. Exit stage right. We'll see you again in 25 years when we have a gathering of other said one hit wonders. So don't want to patronize her. She's done a great job. And I think it's also admirable that she has brought that doubles style approach to her singles mm-hmm. game and just this sheer audacity for her to only occupy one half of her side of the court <laughs> and just not even bother fetching balls where her partner should be standing is a real baller move. And I say, cryptocurrency, I salute you. <laughs> Oh, the cheek of her. What a great Grand (laughs) Slam champion. And Cutters, you might be more familiar with the men's side of the draw. Novak Djokovic on the men's took out his 19th Grand Slam. And of course, we're up till all hours watching it. And to see Cutters in just what I felt was a really cute gesture, just giving up the first two sets as some loose charity for Tsitsipas was just, it was it was cute. It was adorable before storming back to come from those two sets down to beat Stefano Tsitsipas in five sets. He became the first in 52 years to win all four majors twice and in so doing claimed his 19th Grand Slam title and has now won more Grand Slams than there are T's and S's in the word Tsitsipas. So this guy, Cutters, <laughs> continues to just rack up the awards and the acclaims. This has been hailed as one of his most impressive Grand Slam wins. This year at Roland Garros, he took out the form player in the world in Tsitsipas, as well as Rafael Nadal on his own home patch, as well as no linesman. And I think it's just incredible for him to be able to do that this year. So, Catters, what do you make of the Joker and his Grand Slam win? Just, again, a phenomenal effort. I mean, if we talk about facing adversity, this guy comes up against the King of Clay, Mm. who, again, I unfortunately purchased some merchandising license for that very tag, which has now been downgraded to the Duke of Dirt. It doesn't quite have the same ring, but legally we're no longer allowed to call Rafa that. So that's disappointing. And then just to munch on a good Greek in the final, just a beautiful thing. I mean, it felt like he was constantly pissed off at the world and we were constantly pissed off having to watch him be pissed off at the world. So it was a less than harmonious two weeks. But when you have that sort of stone in your shoe that is the French Open... You might as well just go all in and cut off a couple of your toes. And that was really the experience of watching Djokovic claim number 19. It's not pretty, and I'm I'm still limping and will be for a while. But <laughs> And Kat, as you had the pattern on King of Clay, I had Djokovic, it's not pretty. And I think that's really, you know, <laughs> selling strongly as well. Um, but unbelievable effort, Cutters. I mean, 19 Grand Slams putting him within striking distance with the upcoming Wimbledon of Federer and Nadal, who, of course, sit on 20. For me, though, as I think through not only the week that's been, but the tournament that's been, yeah, some interesting results on that side to have a new female French Open champion and to have Djokovic again. But often we would get to this stage and there'd be stories leaping off the page at us. We'd be thinking about 
curious having spiked someone in the crowd with a chair. We'd be thinking of some unknown Italian who's spat on something or someone <laughs> or somewhere. And yet, Kat, is honestly, I, I struggle to name stories of note from this tournament. It, for me, surprisingly, it just feels like somewhat of a limp tournament. What's been your read on the, the tournament that we've seen? Very much the same lightning. Upon reflecting on this tournament shortly after Djokovic's win today, I cast my mind back to some great cinema classics such as Home Alone 3 or Mm -hmm. Crocodile Dundee 4 and just thinking about whilst they're technically sound, they're really one for the purists. And I can say the same of Roland Garros 2021. It's truly been one for those that really love the minutiae of the sport for the average Mm. joe your average punter in the crowd Mm. disappointing if you ask me Mm. we like the argy bargy we've said from the outset that we don't want these players to be friends if we had our choice they'd go five sets on court and then they'd go five rounds in thai kickboxing out in the parking lot it's good for the fans but none of that happened lightning it was harmonious Mm. people seemed to be getting along they even allowed the work experience kid diego schwartzman to get to one of the later rounds well past his bedtime and so it was just a little bit too much kumbaya for me lightning and not enough it was <laughs> and not enough see you in the parking lot in five minutes mother <laughs> <laughs> well it's well said cutters it's really well said is it is it lightning because <laughs> i'm doing my best here but there's limitations. <laughs> well, I, I can see the energy is draining from you, Catters, and I think that there's just been not much to feed from. So, I mean, what does it mean for the French Open moving forward? Yeah, it's a big problem, Lightning. I know I mentioned on a previous episode that with so many of the French players essentially going on strike after the first round, mm-hmm. it doesn't bode well for the future of the tournament. And no. I've always said, great that you have 100 years history, Show me your plan for the next hundred. And some people say, that's arrogant. What are you doing in our boardroom? We didn't even invite you to this meeting. Do you have any sort of photo ID or security clearance? And to that I say, good point. So restraining orders aside, Lightning, I feel that this tournament lacks vision. And again... You've got some very, very talented neighbours knocking on the door. Mm. Nations like Belgium, who are Mm. saying, hey, we're currently only known worldwide for French fries and a small statue of Rafa Nadal peeing on his junior (laughs) opponents as he climbs to victory in the under-8s. We want tennis. We have a heritage. We have a pedigree. We produced a lot of amazing women tennis players. I do not know what happened to the men in that country. Were they all sent off to war permanently for the last 50 years? Lightning, there are other countries that would very much like to seize upon this tournament if they're given the half chance. Absolutely. So where does this leave the French Open? It seems like an identity crisis. I mean, you've got the Australian Open. It's the People's Open, Lightning. Yeah, yeah. Fan sites, music, great food and wine, occasional tennis if you're unlucky and get caught in one of those, what do they call it? Um, Show courts. (laughs) Show courts, exactly. And then you have Wimbledon. Arrogance Mm. is their one word brand, Lightning. Mm. It's the upper class tournament. It's the strawberries and pims. It's... You know, they have a strong identity. The US Open, Glitz and Glam, the Big Apple, they put on a show. Mm. But the French, I don't know where they are these days, Lightning. Yeah. That was a pretty boring, 
tournament that I just witnessed over the last two weeks. So what are sponsors going to do to bring in the moolah for 2022? Who's going to be queuing up to associate their brand mm-hmm. with something as plain and vanilla? Is it vanilla ice cream? That is, <laughs> is that a, a logical sponsorship crossover? Is it home brand vanilla ice cream? That's probably the right fit. Whether they have a marketing budget into the hundreds of millions... <laughs> Or do the top players get paid in their own weight in vanilla ice cream? I mean, that may be where the sport needs to go to. We're all making compromises. It's tough times, Lightning, but it's a real issue. It is, Catter. So I'm hearing, you know, Australian Open slogan, colour and Wimbledon class and US Open ballsy and big. What What's the French Open, Catter's? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and, and I don't know whether you can fit that on a t-shirt with the amount of dots you'll need between the three it's fines, but it's 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 as reassuring as we can get. I don't want to get sued for offering something that this tournament can't deliver. Heaven knows I've put out enough podcasts in hope that the devil's dirt would turn the corner. Uh, every time I turn the corner with this tournament, I get hit by a French train. It's it's middle of the road lightning, which again, maybe a secondhand Toyota sedan would be probably the right product to give away to the players that win this godforsaken tournament. It just fits with the brand. I don't know. I've been thinking ambassador-wise. Maybe it's, I don't know, Tom Hanks. It's It's fine. It's fine. It's inoffensive. The all-American dad, he shows up, you know, sits in the stands. It's like, yeah, it's like his movies. It's like, okay, yeah, goes down well with a cup of tea. It's fine. But but I can't offer much more lightning. I mean, of course, yeah, you launch the tournament each year by getting Coldplay to play some of their new record and, you know, it's okay. It does what it says on the tin. So I'm finding it hard to get much more enthusiastic. Oh, I, I see where you're going, Catters, and it does kind of feel like it rings true. Every other tournament's going ahead with technological innovation and Hawkeyes, and the French say, you know what? Yeah, this technology's available. Sure, we'll even show it for viewers at home, but you know what? Here on court, no, the, the umpire will just check it herself. You know, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> jump down off my chair, and yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's it's probably in, it's close to in, it's one of the two. It's fine. It's fine. So, yeah. I think you're onto something, Curtis. It's so true, Lightning. I mean, I look forward to said lines persons and ball kids wearing, you know, a beige outfit next year. <laughs> it it's okay, you know. It's it's clothing. <laughs> it covers up your nudie bits. It does what we need it to do. <laughs> Oh, Kat, it is well summarised in that pithy, now highly marketable phrase, French Open, it's fine. (laughs) I know it's not been great, it's not been amazing, it's been a bland week, but Kat, let's move towards segment number one. Let's try and just up the ante a little and find out of this bland, inept, limp tournament that one thing that you are excited about in segment number one, segment called Come On. I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. (laughs) 
Well, Cutters, feels fitting for our Come On segment. You've got some exciting news. Hard at work. Uh, what have you got for us? Yes, well, Lightning, as the tennis has not thrown up the best bunch of highlights over the last couple of weeks, as you know, we're still dedicated here. We're trying to deliver the best possible value to the listeners. And over the last few months, we've come into some cold hard cash here at the backhanders. Mm -hmm. Not the result of sponsorship that we'd hoped for, but more the result of a few good new friends we've made in Russia who have introduced us to a world that I can't really spell out explicitly to our listeners, but let's just say it rhymes with rash mixing, which sounds like the result of a Benoit Pair pre-tournament party. So without further ado, I would like to announce to the listeners that we have bankrolled our very own foundation. It's very exciting. Oh, Absolutely, Catters. I mean, we sent you out there looking for material that would just juice this tournament up that's been very vanilla. I'm excited to hear this new launched institute. What are we going with? What are we calling it? So without further ado, Lightning, I think we could announce the Statistical Hypothesis Applied to Tennis Institute. It's a bit of a mouthful. Fortunately, we can shorten it to the Shat Institute. And this is a great (laughs) initiative that we've taken in order to really dive deeper into... What is happening in the world of tennis? The trends that we're seeing or not noticing? Mm. Players that are going perhaps unpunished for weaknesses in their games. Mm. It's about understanding better the shifting landscape of tennis. So it sounds Mm. quite dry, but I... Yeah, it does. (laughs) But I would urge our listeners to come with an open mind. And let's face it, you have no other options because Roland Garros threw up a chump tournament and I'm not about to spend the next 30 minutes editing a podcast based on actual analysis of real tennis. So it was important that we pulled together some great minds. We paid them minimum wage on paper and got them to funnel us some amazing statistics about the game. Yes. Well, I'm excited. The um, the Shat Institute, the Shat In, as perhaps we'll call it. <laughs> It does sound yes. as though it's new territory for the podcast, potentially needing to watch and review actual tennis. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes for us. Absolutely. And our plan is to release a quarterly publication, The Shadowlog, which will keep <laughs> listeners up to date with all the best trends we're seeing in tennis. And Good. just Good. really means a lot to me to preserve our legacy by building up a really strong back shadowlog. Um, so I... I'm excited that you're partnering with me on this financial endeavor, Lightning. I know that you've been less attentive over the last couple of weeks. Apparently, you've wanted to watch the game itself. Mm -hmm. I'm not one to judge. I think you say tomato, I say bad career choices. We're all different. (laughs) I know. I haven't been joining you in the the chat lab, and I apologize for that, Cutters. Or being the French Open, I assume it's the Chateau. I'll, I'll get on board, and I think hearing... Some of the results, this report that we've commissioned, maybe that'll sway me, Cutters. Perhaps give us some of this data that you're collating. I'd love to, Lightning. And to do that, I need to fire up the old machine. Mm. It's a bit old school, Lightning. You know, I love a good lever. You've always known I've loved a good lever, Lightning. Good old-fashioned levers that can print out results is a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Are you ready for your first... Truth bomb lightning. Do we need to come back later or is it able to spit out the data? (laughs) There were some budget constraints, lightning. (laughs) 
Okay, Lightning, it's in. Since 2014, we have had 18 different women's Grand Slam champions. And the last eight years at Roland Garros has produced eight different women's winners. Wow. So it follows that this roulette wheel of women's tennis means that literally anyone statistically has a chance within the top 100, except for Karolina Pliskova, to legitimately (laughs) win a major. And I think that's a wonderful thing. That, that that last part, I think it's a wonderful thing, wasn't written on the, the docket, but that was just a bit of value add. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Pliskova's not that wonderful thing, just to be sure. <laughs> no, 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 that was definitely printed on the docket. I, <laughs> I want to make that very clear. We had to pay for yellow ink so that we could highlight her name on that docket, and I think it was an investment <laughs> well worth it. <laughs> wow. An incredible opening statistic at us. I mean, I'm, I'm already starting to be won over. Well, Lightning, it to me really speaks to the fact that the quarterfinalists we had this year at Roland Garros, whilst it was exciting to have some new names amongst them, mm. many of which I couldn't pronounce, I found it irritating that people who we don't expect to get so deep into a tournament are now bobbing up and, let's face it, Lightning, we're never going to see them again. These... <laughs> lovely dirt devils show up and perform well but then upon their exit they're kind of shuffled into a tunnel back to their respective hometowns never to be seen again and to me it's a shame because there's no continuity in sport i want to see people coming back time and time again and that's where you build a brand lightning that's where Mm. you you get momentum and i'm sorry but pavlchenkova she's wonderful but I witnessed a distinct lack of the following expression in the post-match ceremony. Great match. I'm sure you'll be back another time to win it. <laughs> and that, to me, is the lowest possible bar. No one's going to call you out in 10 years' time and say you were technically not factual in that prediction. No, just throw it out there, move on, let her walk off into the night, never to be seen again. I know. But instead, people were very careful in choosing their words. And those words were, I'll need that security pass from you in the next two hours. And please enjoy 15% off in the gift shop because the next time you'll be in Paris, it will be as a grandparent celebrating one of your offspring's children's engagement in the city of love. <laughs> It was really noticeable, was it? The the press conference, the, the it was really noticeable. The trophy ceremony, and handing it over and going, yeah, the match. It was it was fine. I mean, you did, <laughs> you did well, you know. Like you, know, you made a Grand Slam final. I mean, let's celebrate that. And here's a cardboard box full of all the things we cleaned up from your change rooms in the locker room because you won't be back here again. <laughs> it's true. It's. A telltale sign for me, Lightning, is whenever you hear the president of the Tennis Association of that particular Grand Slam or nation deciding to opt out of using any adjectives, that's a telltale sign, Lightning. (laughs) So today a match was played. You hit some balls and there was a winner. Again, not choosing the obvious line of tennis was the real winner because we all know that wasn't the case. And Lightning, you just wonder whether these women know it, whether they can see that they're on this cosmic carousel that Mm. is 
the top 100 of women's tennis at the moment. And mm. therefore, you could imagine at the semifinal stage, they are cashing in wherever possible. I'm imagining kleptomaniacs just grabbing everything in the locker room that's not <laughs> nailed to the walls to sell as memorabilia down the line. In fact, kleptomaniac, I believe, is one of the third round players that <laughs> pulled out with an injury. <laughs> a lesser known Belarusian player. She may have been a semi-finalist. We're, we're <laughs> she sure. could well have been. And that's cat is why Tennis Sengren was at the door with the Ute flat popped down, <laughs> letting them throw on said memorabilia. Just back up the truck and let's get as much of these <laughs> Free towels. <laughs> towels, chairs, Nadal statues, <laughs> lines people. On they went and out they go. <laughs> we lost seven ball kids in the semifinals. <laughs> There's a lot of milk cartons rocking around with missing peoples thanks to insert name of semifinalist here. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Oh, Kat as well. Incredible first statistic, as of course the machine would have punched out. Six of the eight quarterfinalists were first-time major quarterfinalists. So Mm. just extraordinary. Kat is, keep going. I'm keen to hear some of these other statistics. Oh, Oh, I will. Here we go. Okay, Lightning. Sasha, Sasha Shames Verev. Loves an easy kill. But despite all of his recent success on the big stage, he's still yet to beat a top 10 player in a Grand Slam tournament. Wow. Kat, is he sixth in the world? That is... Incredible. Extraordinary. These are statistics that money cannot buy. (laughs) I wish that was the case. When you see the bill, you might want to just remember how strong that statistic was, Lightning, because that is the peak... Such a shame. You ready for another one, Lightning? Oh, oh, always, Cutters. For the first time since 1972, the USA has not had a man in the world's top 30. Wow. On the women's side, they currently have seven. Wow. That is extraordinary. And Lightning, it really got me thinking about suddenly for the first time ever questioning the legacy of the likes of Todd Martin. Mm -hmm. Did he not inspire the future generation of (laughs) mediocre players? (laughs) Todd Martin, a man who could well be the future face of, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Do we have a fourth? You know, just someone as a reserve to play doubles in the dead rubber for the Davis Cup? Uh What about Todd Martin? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) He remembers which hand to hold it in? Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Lightning, groundbreaking stat number four. Mm. The Czech Republic, a nation of only 10 million people, has 10 players in the women's world top 100. Wow. That's impressive. And is there a bit of a European theme developing? How many men are kicking around from the Czech Republic? It's a good question. Uh, Surely that's at the fingertips of this incredible machine you've got (laughs) rolling over there, Cutters. Thomas Burdich was born in the Czech Republic. (laughs) There you go. 
Okay, sometimes it doesn't... Todd Martin once visited the Czech Republic. Uh, okay, interesting. I don't appreciate you putting this machine on the spot the way you are now, Lightning. No one walks around challenging Google. I don't appreciate you throwing down the proverbial gauntlet to the chat. Okay, we're on a roll, Lightning. Former 1996 Wimbledon men's finalist, Malavere Washington. Oh, yes. Where is he today? Oh, God. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I, I don't have the answer to that. We had to oh, right. cut some of our stuff in the last few days. So I was just wondering if you might be able to do a quick Google search or something sure. and, and help me out. Sure. And anyone listening at home, if you see him, if you hear from him, please, please email us. Okay, final one, Lightning. Here we go. Hit us, hit us. Cricketing icon Sachin Tendulkar scored exactly 100 100s if you combine his test match and one-day international career. <laughs> it's been a big week in tennis, hasn't it, Cadiz? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lightning. Um Due to some budget constraints, we had to outsource the statistics in the last couple of days. So, Ramesh, I will be having words with you. <laughs> oh, Cadiz, there you go. The first time we've heard from the Shat Institute. I appreciate the work that you and the, those other technicians have put in. I I mean, it, it was good. It, it's fine. I, I'm, I, I just <laughs> look, shouts off to you and the team. Bit of... Work required, but potential. There is potential we'll revisit in future podcasts. Cutters, whilst you have been toiling in the lab, I, on the other hand, have been watching tennis. So mm. uh, revolutionary here. And you and your research team could probably benefit from doing just that thing. But Cutters, for me, something that has excited me greatly was one of the great rivalries of all time. This year, we saw... Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic in their 58th career clash. Unbelievable. And in what was an epic semi-final, we saw a four-hour and 11-minute four-set thriller. It was claimed by many to be one of the greatest games of tennis of all time and certainly laying claims to having one of the greatest sets of tennis ever played. And that was a third-set tiebreaker that just had it all for Djokovic to come back in the third like he did. Well, we haven't seen anything like that since Jesus Christ. I mean, that was an incredible, incredible comeback. But ultimately, Catters, Djokovic wore down the beast. That is Rafael Nadal, the former king of clay. He beat him physically, mentally, emotionally, alphabetically. I mean, it's an element of their rivalry that has seldom been appreciated. And for Nadal... This is Cutter's only his third defeat in 118 matches. His third defeat in 16 years on the clay. And now two of those defeats, Cutter's, have come at the hands of Novak Djokovic. And the other was, I think, when Nadal was probably four years old and teething and quite off his game. So this has been an incredible, incredible run that we've seen and a run that has ended with Djokovic now the first man ever to beat Nadal at Roland Garros after losing the first set. And Kat is, of course, one moment that fans will long remember was the amazing moment when, deep in the match, the curfew time clock rung. 
And of course, in Djokovic's previous match, fans were ejected during his clash with Berrettini. And game had to be stopped. Players had to come back out and hit back up in front of an empty stand. Same thing happens. Curfew clock pings. And yet, President Macron dialed in from home to tennis authorities saying, due to the remarkable nature of this match, I am requesting that the curfew be extended and allow the raucous crowd to stay in the stadium and watch this incredible match all the way through to the end. Catters, this is unprecedented territory. It's unbelievable, Lightning. Just the very idea that a head of state would intervene in such a manner tells you that tennis is alive and well in the public consciousness. Mm. You know, the fact that he could see the greater value, this match was a once in a lifetime opportunity to let the public get what they want. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. thought that was brilliant. It does throw into question how all the other matches line up then, because there were plenty of other matches through this tournament that did not get the emergency call-up, put it that way, where Macron was like, you know what, (laughs) I'm quite happy to let this one slide into oblivion and I can flick the channel and watch reruns of Golden Girls or (laughs) Le Golden Schiller, as it's referred to in France, I'm sure. And it must be demoralizing for some of those players to hear the announcement as players being stopped for the patrons to evacuate the stadium just to only hear... Ladies and gentlemen, due to the unremarkable nature of this match, we would suggest you go home, get some sleep, and check the scores in the morning. Or not. It's fine. (laughs) There's no doubt, Kat, as some of the players from the earlier rounds definitely felt the sting when Djokovic was allowed curfew to be extended, whereas Macron dialed in for a few other men's matches and said, look, can we just make this one a best of three? Uh, So some of those guys... Certainly felt the heavy hand of their uh, French president. It's not fair, Lightning. I mean, we're just at the whim of this dictator. Let's call it for what it is. And (laughs) the sheer arrogance of also tinkering with the sport's rules. I mean, look, I'm all for multi-ball as much as the next person. But to add two other balls into a rally midway through the second set is got to be distracting. (laughs) Oh, it was a full circus environment, wasn't it? Right, Shetland Pony, set number three. Both on. (laughs) But it's also a dangerous precedent, isn't it, Lightning? Mm. Because you Mm. could imagine what happens in other countries now. I mean, and I think we're pretty nuanced in our reflection on other cultures. And I could imagine the Italian prime minister picking up the phone when the Rome Open is on and demanding that the two players dress as Mario and Luigi uh, (laughs) just to live out some sort of Game Boy fantasy from his childhood. And, (laughs) and, And whilst it would be a welcome relief from fixing the shat that truly shat itself earlier on this program, I'm not sure if I'm up for watching that. Tennis 2.0. Cut as a segment we've really had to dust off. We haven't seen this in quite some time. And perhaps now that we have a 
employed research team that's part of the Shad Institute. Maybe we could actually see some research on your behalf. No judgment claim. <laughs> but Tennis 2.0 is a segment in which we explore some of the ways tennis can evolve. This year, Catters, Novak Djokovic won his 19th Grand Slam. He, of course, sits just one peg down from the 20 that both Federer and Nadal lay claim to. So, Catters, let's cast a crystal ball forward but three weeks. If Djokovic wins Wimbledon, they're all sitting on 20 each. Where does tennis go from there? It's an interesting question, Lightning, and I have thought about this for some time. Mm. How do we keep the public interested in tennis when, let's face it, it's the big three that's bringing them through the turnstiles? Mm. We've seen a massive drop-off in the interest of women's tennis since the retirement of Margaret Court in the <laughs> 1970s. Never really recovered, if you ask me. So I just want to avoid something similar happening. To do that, we can best preserve this by ensuring that we not only celebrate each player for their preferred surface, but preserve them on that surface and extend their career by doing so. So here's my pitch, Lightning. Okay, we okay. know that Novak Djokovic has won nine Australian Opens. That is his ultimate surface. Yeah. Roger Federer, he's the grass man. I don't really have a better royal term for him. I mean, king of clay works. What do we have? The governor of grass? I don't know. The governor of grass sounds like a guy that I would be buying weed from down at my local uh, street corner. Hey, Gov, got anything for me today, man? Yeah. Yeah, But other than the Don of Wimbledon. (laughs) The the Don of Wimbledon. Very good. Mm. So he dominates on grass. And then Rafa, Mm. Duke of Dirt. We'll throw him a bone on that surface. He might not have a statue anymore, but I'll certainly still give him props for his efforts. So why don't we have a setup by which these three automatically qualify for the final of each of these respective Grand Slams? So for the next 10 years, they're locked at 20 apiece, okay? You've proven it. You've qualified for boss status, right? This is like the most extreme platinum frequent flyers card. This is your golden ticket. So what this essentially means is one half of the draw, lock it down. You're going to meet the Joker in the final. I don't care how you get there. So you watch the other half of the draw scratch and kick and do whatever it takes to get to that ultimate privilege of facing off against the GOAT of that particular tournament. It's like the big boss at the end of each level on Donkey Kong or (laughs) Zelda or Mario Brothers. You have to beat this boss to prove yourself as the absolute best. And so that way, we know that they can just prepare themselves for that one-year-round event, wheel them out. They're doing it anyways. Roger's basically shaping his whole schedule around for Wimbledon. Rafa's just mentioned that he might start skipping tournaments in order to pick up another couple of chump Roland Garros. So they're all doing it. Katis, this is a phenomenal concept and one that's sure to spark some new interest in tennis. I'm just thinking through your, the logistics though. There's four opens. You, you've missed one. What, what happens to the US? There's not a single bloke inside the world's top 30. We're not going to find a current player. Mm. What the hell do we do with the US Open? Yes, that is a challenge. Uh, there's no obvious plan for the US Open. Mm. As much as I've been getting emails from Kay Nishikori claiming the mantle... <laughs> <laughs> that are somehow getting through my niche Corey spam filter. Focus on winning five setters and nothing else, my friend. I don't know what we can do there, Lightning. I was thinking maybe getting back together a ragtag team of 
former US champions. You know, we all love these characters. You got Chang, you got Courier, you got Agassi, you got Sampras, you know? Todd Martin can bring the oranges. It's it's a great concept. So I just like the idea, Lightning, of the goats sticking to their own pens. You know, you've got Rafa rolling around in the dirt. You've got Roger feasting on the grass. And you've got Novak inviting some other animals from the stable around, rubbing up against them, trying to build up herd immunity with the best possible intentions. For me personally, how I deal with it was that I know every single person asking me a question can't play as well as I can and never will. So no matter what you say or what you write, you'll never light a candle to me. But each person deals with it differently. Catters, this brings to a close the French Open 2021. A big couple of weeks, you and I laid out some predictions. Rafael Nadal was yours in the men's. Mine was Dominic Team, and of course it's Novak Djokovic who's taken them out. How else did you fare in terms of your predictions, Catters? Rubbish lightning. Mm. I was so far off the mark, and all I can say is thanks Zeus, this tournament is over and behind us, and let's just move on to the rolling fields of green, green grass. Yes, yes. Cutters, green pastures await us in only a couple of weeks. We've seen all sorts of action, but now, Cutters, we look towards Wimbledon, a Wimbledon in which we're hearing Rafael Nadal is under an injury cloud. We're hearing Murray is under an injury cloud. Cutters, sad news. We are hearing Nick Curios is under an injury cloud, citing a sore neck. He's just pulled out of the Queen's tournament. I mean, how's that, Cutters? Unbelievable. I I can only imagine it's the RSI as a result of the entire Australian population telling him to pull his head in over the last (laughs) 10 plus years. That's it. Is he citing his own neck pain or is he just saying everyone else finds me a pain in the neck? It's hard to know what's going on. I believe the doctor just was inspired by the comedy gods to diagnose him with this. It's actually not a genuine condition, but the good Lord upstairs knew that we were scratching around so hard for content that I'd nearly dug a second floor in my basement. So they just had to throw us a bone. So when Patch Adams diagnosed him, he dished up the Sornex syndrome. Excellent. Catters, as we said, it is only two weeks away. So listeners, it is so important that you review and share our podcast. Give us that five-star rating to help get the word out there so we can take you through every Grand Slam and the awaiting Wimbledon. Join us on Instagram. Find us with the handle The Backhanders. Find us on Facebook. Catters, thank you for traveling with us. For these last couple of weeks through the French Open, it is time to sign off. It's time to farewell this tournament that's been... Catters, how do we sign this one off? It's fine. It's fine. Babora Krachika Babora Krachikovic. No, what is her name?